Talk Radio 96.7. It's time to talk some sports into you. Ronnie O, Coach Joe, in the Ozone. The Ozone is brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland. They turn scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe here in the Ozone. We are talking sports. Give us a call, 682-1430. That's 682-1430. Or if you're technologically inclined, you can reach us at ozone at hallradio.net. That's ozone at hallradio.net. Before we get into the sports, I wanted to mention the Andy Bean Memorial Golf Tournament being held by friends of Andy Bean at Grasslands on January 15th with a shotgun start at 9 a.m. And while the field is full of players, there's no more room there, sponsorships are still available, and all proceeds will go to the first tee of Lakeland. If you want to get in on a sponsorship, call Ricky Lee, 863-581-9688. That's 863-581-9688. What a great thing that um, friends of Andy Bean are going to honor this guy who was friends to so many not just in Lakeland, but all around the world. We miss Andy a lot. He was uh, one of the great friends of the show here, and he had a great event year after year with the Bean Barkley Bryant First Tee Golf Tournament, uh, that, which was always played out there at the YMCA course uh, over there on George uh, Jenkins Boulevard. Um, wonderful, wonderful event. Did so much for the kids of Polk County and, and for the game of golf, and uh, we miss him a lot. And if you're available to... To do something with that tournament, it's going to be just just amazing. Grasslands, beautiful place for golf too. No yeah. doubt. He, you know, he he was he lived out there a lot, and uh, he was a Lakeland icon. Yeah, he really was, and um, what a great human being. And uh, again, if you want to get in on the sponsorship, call Ricky Lee, eight six three five eight one ninety six eight 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 six three five eight one ninety six eighty eight. Well. Right here on the Hall Radio Stations, the Saints and Bucks are going to be right here on WLKF Sunday. The Bucks will be hosting the Saints at the Ray J. The kickoff is 1 p.m., noon pregame. And then the Gators on WNN 107.1 will host Quinnipiac Saturday at 1 p.m. in basketball, and the pregame will be at 12.30. So give us a call, 682-1430, if you want to talk some sports. We're going to get into this pretty deeply here in a minute. We're going to talk about some of the things that happened in sports in this past year. And one of the big things is Florida State suing the ACC and the ACC countersuing Florida State. And uh, we, why don't we just go ahead and sue somebody, Coach Joe? <laughs> yes, that's right. We need, a, we need a better time slot. We need more air time. I mean, yeah. there's so many things that we're, we're not getting. And, and uh, you know, we thought our affiliation with this uh, conference uh, should, should get us more. And, uh, you know, the only reason we're not independent, right, is the uh, grant of rights, which uh, Eric grants us the right to be here yeah. <laughs> every week. We've and, got the Eric Clark Foundation and their team of lawyers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, it's, it's a pretty vicious team. And I've seen some, <laughs> some mean lawyers in time. You don't want to mess with Eric's lawyers. Though. No, no, no. He, he, you know, when we, when we argue with him, if we, if we get on his bad side, he'll stand there and he'll just go, release the lawyers. <laughs> it's, it's not pretty at all, man. <laughs> uh, you know, before we go to break, you and I were talking about a funny thing 
that happened in the NFL way back in the 60s. There was a guy named Joe Don Looney <laughs> who was a really an amazing guy. He was like 6'2", 235, ran the 100 and under 10 flat, which was really fast back then, led the nation in punting for Oklahoma, but he was a head case. And Sonny Jurgensen said, never in the history of the NFL has a man been more aptly named than Looney. And uh, <laughs> he was on the Colts. And uh, so Don Shula was the coach back then, and Shula told him, he said, Looney says, come here, I want you to take a play into the game. And Looney said, you want to send a message? You call Western Union in a little more colorful language than that. And, uh, of course, you don't tell Don Shula something <laughs> like that. The next day, Looney was not on the Colts. <laughs> yeah, Don Shula, you know, known for being loose and, and fun and <laughs> laughing on the sideline during games, of course, probably took that with the humor that uh, it was intended. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I'm sure there wasn't a whole lot of humor involved in that. I'm sure it was like, get this guy out of here. I, I, I would like to know if he even finished out the game. No, probably not. That's probably why Looney's a figure you don't hear about much anymore. Probably because of stuff like that. But it's a great story. Crazy Colts teams in the '60s. Oh yeah, and no you doubt. Know, Looney actually died in a motorcycle accident. Of course he did. But you know he. The guy was so crazy, he went and became like living with a Maharishi or something, riding elephants over in India. I mean, the guy just, he went from like 235, I saw a picture of him, I think he weighed like 160, 170, <laughs> something like that, and uh, then, then he ended up dying in a motorcycle accident, but just one of the colorful characters of the NFL. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit about Florida State, the lawsuit, the ACC's lawsuit, and we've got our legal man here, Coach Joe. He's going to be telling you all about that. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Hello, this is Kenny Gant, former Kathleen Red Devil and Dallas Cowboy. You'll listen to Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone. Ronnie O, Coach Joe in the Ozone. <laughs> The Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. And we told you we were going to talk a lot about Florida State and their being left out of the college football playoff. And one of my favorite pet peeves, Coach Joe, is the lack of independent thought in the media nationally. Not just sports media, but it seems like there's a herd mentality. Somebody comes up with an idea, and then they all fall into line. And this is, to me, one of those things. FSU has been made to be a martyr in this deal. First of all, the, the problem is they want it out of the grant of rights, which the conference, the ACC, came up with to keep teams from leaving. Florida State was in total agreement. They signed the agreement. And, you know, the ACC has been their friend they they went in there and was in the nineties, was it? Yeah, uh, FSU entered the ACC in around nineteen ninety five, and it's been very successful for them for the yeah. most part. They they have probably won it uh, as as more, if not more, than any of the other teams that are there. It, things began to change a little bit uh, in, in around two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. Uh, ACC got shook up a little bit because they lost Maryland to the Big Ten. Because Maryland was an important ACC team, especially in basketball, for all those years. And the Big Ten 
kind of got drew Maryland around the same time they were drawing Nebraska from the big, big 12, which it was at that time. And that led, I think, to the grant of rights deal that the ACC came up with for its member schools. And FSU was riding high around about that time. Jimbo Fisher was just hitting his stride as coach of FSU. And that was a good way, you know, for everybody. Basically, grant of rights is exactly what it sounds like. Each school granting its TV rights to their conference to negotiate for them because as a package, they're worth more to the TV networks than individually. So it's a win-win for everybody. Uh, and the, the, so the conference controls the broadcast rights. That keeps you tied to the conference. And, and life goes on very well. And it worked out well for the ACC so well that in 2016, uh, they did an expansion that carries the contract all the way to 2036. And that's where things started to go sideways. Because at the time, that might seem like a good deal. But now here we are in 2023, and it's not a very good deal at all in terms of the money that's generated for the ACC. Right. And, uh, you know, to me, all right, FSU's case is this. We were 13-0. and We were conference champions. Well, eight of those teams that they beat did not have a winning record. So let's make sure we – that's a fact. That, that You can't argue that. All right, they say they beat two SEC teams, which they did, LSU and Florida. Between those two SEC teams, they had 10 losses. Florida dominated them for a half. It should have beaten them, really. And then – they say Alabama barely beat Auburn. Well, that's true. But you also barely beat Boston College. You only beat the woeful Gators 24-15. to 15. And, um, you know, Georgia has a better case in my estimation than Florida State does. Even though Florida State was undefeated, Georgia had won 29 straight games and back-to-back national champions. And here, to me, is the clincher. All right, if – you take FSU at face value for what they're saying, then you're going to have to give back that Bobby Bowden Lifetime Achievement Award that you won in 1993 because FSU played, they were undefeated, they played undefeated Notre Dame. Notre Dame beat them head-to-head. Notre Dame lost the next week to Boston College. All right, so they both finished 10-1. and Both won their bowl games. Notre Dame won their bowl game by more than Florida State did. But they voted FSU number one, and they left out undefeated conference champion West Virginia, who had to go to the Sugar Bowl and take it on the head, on the chin from the Florida Gators. Right. Yeah. You know, the the thing about what happened with the college football playoff, what it came down to in FSU's opinion, was that one of the reasons they were the odd team out, there were four spaces available and there were five teams from the five major conferences, the five major conference champions that were in the mix, and FSU was the team that was left out of the playoffs this year uh, in favor of an Alabama team that had lost a game as opposed to the undefeated FSU team. And for FSU, a lot of their feeling was that their status, since they're from the ACC, didn't carry as much gravitas, as much weight as Alabama from the SEC, and they blame the conference for that. They And they're also angry about which the— Which gra- they're part of. Which they're part of. And they're also not happy because— they're not making as much money as the SEC makes with its TV deal and the Big Ten makes with its TV deal. Uh, everybody was happy until about three years ago. Uh, as the TV deals were expiring in the Big Ten, the SEC, and the Pac-12, all around the same time, 2024, uh, whereas the ACC deal doesn't expire until 2036. But around about two or three years ago, 
when it was time to start thinking about the future of the TV deals, the SEC said, hey, wait a minute. What if we expand? What if we get two more marquee teams in our conference? We're going to make more money. And they convinced Oklahoma and Texas, which were part of the Big 12, to do that. That sort of changed everything right there. And the Big 10, they were strong enough to respond and go, well, if you're going to take two more teams, we're going to take four more teams. And then the Big 12 was smart enough about a year ago to square away their TV deal, which made them attractive to the rest of the Pac-12. The Pac-12 had no decent TV deal. They, they've fallen apart as a conference, like one domino after another. And, and FSU feels left out. And they went in on that, but they're stuck in the ACC deal. The ACC has a deal till 2036, and FSU's TV rights, which they think are more valuable than Wake Forest or many of these other Who's ACC teams. Them three out of the last four. Well, granted, but, but they think we're worth more than they are, yet we're stuck in the same TV deal that they are. Boy, if we could get out of it, we're be, we could go to the SEC and make a lot more money, or we could go to the Big Ten and make a lot more money. That's what they want. The problem is they're in an ironclad agreement that would cost them approximately half a billion dollars to get out of, and that's why they're suing. Well, and you, you made a good point, too, about Wake Forest, everybody else in the ACC. Right, all the all other right, teams. Florida State is in effect. Them yeah. and Clemson, maybe North Carolina, Virginia, although they're not as open about it is Florida State's been. So, now, here's another point. Of the 13 people on that playoff committee, five of them were from the mm-hmm. ACC. Does anybody believe that the, some of those weren't tired of the FSU arrogance and voted against them? We don't know how they voted, but you would think that if you had five representatives from the ACC, somebody would have stepped up and said, hey, we're gonna FSU needs to be in, and they could have carried the room, but... I'll bet you that those five said, hey, we're tired of FSU's arrogance. You think you're better than us? We're going to show you. Well, you know, that's an important point uh, because it isn't just about being left out of this year's playoff. Let's not think that this lawsuit came about simply because of that. Uh, We were talking about this six months ago. Uh, FSU was actually having press conferences in August and talking about – uh, leaving the ACC in August, and they were talking about it back then, and they decided not to do it at that time. And uh, the word is that they were going to make their move soon, but that wasn't the correct time to do it. And it seems like this thing with the CFP is just off, uh, has just ca- been the catalyst to make it happen where it was going to happen sooner rather than later because, again, the, the TV contracts – for the SEC and the Big Ten kick in next year and the Big 12, and there's going to be a ton of money out there, and FSU's not getting any of that. And they're not. And the ACC contract is never going to come anywhere close to those contracts, and it's really about the dollars. But they're using what happened with the college football playoff as part of the problem with the ACC, saying they're not fighting hard enough for us. In other words, the deal, the contract is – we give you our TV rights, and in exchange, you promote us, you push us, and you make us money, and you're not doing your part. And I think they're going to try to use that argument in their lawsuit. Well, I'm sure they will. And, you know, another factor that is not quoted is the protocols for the college football playoff committee. One of the provisions is that if one of your key players gets injured and can't play, which would be Jordan Travis. Right. FSU was not the same without him. Then 
they can vote you out. And that's what they did. I mean, that was a huge factor. And, you know, once Alabama got in, then you had to let Texas in. So who were you going to leave out? Were you going to leave out Michigan? Were you going to leave out Washington, who were equally as undefeated and played better schedules than you did? I mean, Washington, they beat Oregon, a really, really good Oregon team, twice. Well, it's interesting because under the new format going into effect next year, this is no longer going to be a problem for the ACC champion. When they're ranked as high as FSU, then it's just a question of do they get a bye or not. It's not a question of do they get left out of the playoff completely. So if you're thinking about uh, suing simply over that, trying to get out of the conference simply over that, it's kind of a moot point because it's sort of taking care of itself. But the TV contract is in place for 12, 13 more years, and it's not going it, – its value is too low because the once things – once the conferences started expanding three years ago, the TV dollars suddenly exploded. And they're worth these TV contracts in 2024 are going to be worth a lot more than they were in 2016. The ACC is still stuck in in their contract, their old contract, and it's not going anywhere. the The only thing for uh, think the only thing they can do do a new contract. That's not going to happen. Get out of the ACC. That's what they're trying to do. Dissolve the conference. The other conference members are, aren't going to do that. There's too many, like the Wake Forest of the world, that need that money, and it's good enough for them, and they're not going to be able to do better. FSU, and not to, not just to single them out, but Clemson, Virginia, North Carolina, these guys would be attractive to the either the SEC or the Big Ten. Yes. And if FSU is successful in breaking out of the grant of rights d- deal, the ACC is going to go the way of the Pac-12. It's going to, it's going exactly. to fall apart. And what— also, you need to factor in there that ESPN has that contract, and they've got them at a bargain. They're yeah. not going <laughs> to renegotiate it, and they don't want to see the ACC fall apart. So I wonder if they're not supporting the ACC in some way in the lawsuit. Um, and, and we talked about this, and I'd like to hear your legal opinion. You, you had some good points when we were talking before we went on the air that the ACC filed a preemptive lawsuit in mm-hmm. North Carolina, which was basically – about venue, right? Well, among other things, yeah, because it's interesting. You, you know, the the grant of rights deal. It's sort of a big secret. There's uh, the only copies available are uh, locked away in the in the conference <laughs> offices somewhere, and you can't. You don't even get a copy if you want to see it. You got to go to the office. Somebody, uh, you know, supervises you. They they escort you there, and, and and that's the only way to see it. However, there was a law student from a few years ago who who did a paper. And as part of that paper, got a copy of, of these grant of rights agreements. And they're surprisingly not that complex, which makes them more vulnerable to lawsuits because there's so much interpretation, including the contracts don't actually say which state law would apply in the case of a dispute. So FSU has sued in Tallahassee where they're going to get, a, you know, FSU graduates as judges. <laughs> and the ACC, they decided to, to do what's called a preemptive countersuit in North Carolina where their headquarters are in order because the also one of the things these agreements say is that if you are part of this agreement you can't do anything to harm us you know you can't sue us in other words and and so they're going to try to enforce that part of it to keep them from bringing a suit in Florida wow pretty the interesting plot stuff thickens, yeah. huh? oh man man oh man oh man well you know we'll 
we'll have to wait and see how this turns out. But uh, you know, it's just <laughs> this actually has has incredible implications, Ronnie. Because imagine right right now, the only thing that's holding conferences together, and we can talk about this more uh, after the break. But the only thing holding conferences together are these TV deals. It's the only yeah. reason there is a conference. And the landscape is changing a lot, regardless of what happens. But this is a huge game changer. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we just might have a sports quiz. Not in the next segment, but maybe in the last segment. <laughs> You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Talk Radio 96.7 Ronnie O, Coach Joe, right here, ready to go in the Ozone. The Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Give us a call, 682-1430. That's 682-1430 because I'm sure there's people out there that disagree with us. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, we want to hear from some FSU fans because this is something that – yeah, is happening. It's not. Ta- they're not talking about it happening. It, it really is happening, yeah. and it's going to play out over time. But uh, it, it's a m- big, major deal for FSU, and so I uh, would be curious to see how their fans react. I saw an article by Pat Forty, Sports Illustrated, yeah, and apparently that. he really did write it, not not uh, an artificial intelligence <laughs> robot, <laughs> but but he was very critical of FSU, and I thought unfairly critical because. Uh, you know, he's basically saying it's all about greed, and he compared them to guys who labored in South America for pennies oh, <laughs> or some that, some crazy stuff like that. The bottom line is there is a lot of money out there, and um, if you're not competing for it, you're at a huge disadvantage. And, of course, that's costing you a lot of money as well. And FSU is in a position where they're at a very disadvantageous uh, spot with the ACC. The ACC has put them in a bad place with this TV deal and the grant of rights deal, and they're looking for a way out. I don't think that's greedy to try to make to try to better your position in that sense. But but, but it is crazy the money. Deal, <laughs> and it was a good deal when they signed it. Right. And yeah. And now it's not. I mean, to me. And they're and they're stuck. I don't know what the legalese of it is, but common sense is you shouldn't have signed the deal. It was beneficial to you when you did it. You joined the ACC. You won it for like 10 years in a row. You danced on people's logo. They were afraid of you. And you wouldn't have won that 93 national championship if you hadn't been in there. That's that's how you you got the deal. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You, you know, if you look back at history, uh, it used to be in the beginning of TV and college football, the NCAA controlled everything regarding TV yeah. rights. And it wasn't until the 80s when uh, lawsuits were brought well, that basically said the NCAA is not allowed to to yeah. control the rights of individual Georgia universities. And Oklahoma. Right. So once in, the individual universities had their TV rights to themselves, the smart thing to do was to get with their conferences and have the conferences make TV deals. And then it grew. Conferences started expanding. TV money started going up. And we may have reached the saturation point now with supersized conferences. And what the risk is is of the total implosion of the conference system is what's at stake here. Because right now, the point of conferences when they were originally formed back in the day was, you know, they were regional in nature because you had teams you could play and they were tra- made travel easier and you could share revenue and do all that stuff and, 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 and be able to finance your athletic program. 
it's gotten to the point now where we're beyond the regional borders now. And the conferences just keep getting bigger because the TV money keeps getting bigger. But there is a point of, of diminishing returns out there. And the point is if the conference contracts aren't enforceable, then there's no point of conferences anymore. And then what do we have? And I'm not sure what, where, what, what that Chip world Kelly, looks like. Did you hear what Chip Kelly said? Yeah. yeah he, he's suggesting that you break into, like, the top 60 teams with no conferences and the teams on the West Coast play each other for the most part. And they, they come across the country and play maybe, who, who knows, Florida, whomever, on this part of the country, but not all the time and not in the minor sports. Right. In football, there's 133 Division One or football bowl subdivision teams, and there's five power conferences that make up about half of those teams, and the other five, or the other half of the 133 are made up of what's called the group of five conferences. Yeah. So there's about 10 football conferences. What people have talked about is something similar. You know, Alex and I like the EPL and the whole English football system that they have over there where there's a Premier League of your very top 20 teams, and then there's lower leagues for other teams, and you try to work your way into one of the top leagues. And you imagine that in college football, you have a 30-team Premier League of the very, very best schools, and they they play each other, and somebody wins, and then the other teams play in lower divisions. That could happen someday. I think there might be a lawsuit over that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying that it could be. If the conferences fall apart, it could end up being something like that, right? I mean, what was the ACC thinking when they bring in Cal Berkeley, how many fans do they have? Oh, yeah. You know, they were, they were available. I'm not sure what the point of, of having a West Coast presence in the ACC is. It Stanford? Makes, it, yeah, Stanford and Cal, uh, the, the travel is going to be onerous. And uh, in, in the smaller sports, the non-revenue sports, it doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, I, I don't know how that's, that's going to work out. SMU? Yeah. SMU has potential to get back to where they were. They're in Dallas. There's a lot of oil money there. And uh, you know, they have potential to, to become a dominant team again like they were before the death penalty. Yeah, getting but, into a big conference will help them with that because they'll get, be better funded. And you can see they're already – they were ranked, at least going into today's bowl game. they were ranked. So they're already on the rise. They won the American Conference this year. Now they're going to be part of the ACC – with the extra money that comes with that. It but, makes sense for them. I don't know if it makes sense for the ACC. But they don't get any money the first year. Wasn't that the deal? Well, the, that's definitely the deal with the Big Ten deal. Is, yeah, but is, didn't SMU do I, the same deal because they have so much money coming in that they can do without it for a short period of time? Yeah, it makes sense in the long term for them. But you're right. Yeah, initially, because, you know, the pie is already divided up. So, yeah. and, and like we were talking about, the ACC TV contract isn't getting any bigger. So now you have more teams dividing up the same amount of TV revenue. Now, in theory, they might generate more revenue as a conference, a couple extra teams, more bowl games, that sort of thing. And, uh, and, and it may eventually lead to a little bit more money. But for now, yes, the, the SMUs of the world are taking a leap of faith to get into the big conferences because what's happening, Ronnie, is we know the Pac-12's gone. So now instead of five power conferences, there's only four. If something happens to the ACC, then there's only three. Right now, you only know the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12 are, are on solid footing. The others are not. And, and so these schools, the Colorados of the world, SMUs, Cal, Stanford, 
we got we're we got to f- get a soft landing spot. We got to find somewhere to go. We, yeah. we got to get. We can't get to the Big Ten, the Big Twelve. How about the ACC? We got to get somewhere. They're, everybody's looking for a lifeboat right now. Well, can, how would you like to be the lawyer going to ESPN negotiating, saying um, we're from the ACC and we um, we've expanded and we've got Cal Berkeley and we've also got Stanford, so we want more money. <laughs> exactly. You, you got what? <laughs> yeah. ESPN. You got Kmart <laughs> and you got Sears Roebuck. Is that what you said? Yeah, and you know the dirty little secret, Ronnie, is ESPN doesn't have any more money. Yeah, <laughs> that's know? true. They need they they need these these things to work out. They have really extended themselves, and their subscriptions are down. Their ESPN Plus is not raking in the revenue like they hoped. Now, with the Big Ten has Fox, and Fox has a lot more money that is available. To be paid, but but you know wh- how many SEC games are being played next year? Nine? No, eight. Because ESPN would not pay more money right. for the ninth conference game, and so the conferences, what do they got to do? They got to schedule the cupcake revenue games to, um, you know, to offset that. So, you know, the uh, uh, and that's with the SEC. So, uh, you know, we we're looking. Enjoy this coming weekend with these college football playoffs because what we see next year is going to look a lot different. Well, yeah, I mean, the SEC, their bargaining is a lot stronger. We're bringing in two of the premier brands in all of college football history, Texas and Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. And the Big Ten's doing the same thing. They're they're getting the creme de la creme of the Pac-12, what was the Pac-12. And, you know, if I'm the ACC, I'm looking over at Notre Dame and saying, hey, we're bringing in Stanford because of you, and in Cal Berkeley, we're just bringing them in to, to be nice to them. Um, let me tell you something. You got your own TV contract. You need to give them some money. You need to give us some of your NBC money. And I'm sure that if they had said that, then Notre Dame would not have wanted them in there because that's the only reason they brought them in. And then SMU just kind of came along, tagged along on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, SMU offers something. They they offer a presence in Texas. Yeah. But if the ACC is trying to expand, you want to have a presence in Texas and in California. One of the reasons is because now you're in those television markets. And th- that is why if the SEC wanted to expand and stay in the southeast, they're less likely to pick an FSU or a Miami, which because they're already right. have a presence in Florida with the Gators. They're more likely to—the teams that they would pr- prefer, UNC— North Carolina or Virginia. Yeah, that's where they want to go. So FSU, with all this suit going on, the bigger question I think, besides is this going to really just destroy the TV landscapes or, or alter it, uh, similar to what happened in the '80s, which was ultimately for the good, or is FSU going to be out in the cold if they do this? Are they aren't they better off staying in the ACC and, and working that out because the SEC doesn't necessarily want them, and I'm not sure the Big Ten wants them either. Well, and you mentioned all right, Cal Berkeley and Stanford. All right, they're in California, but we've talked about this before. It's kind of like Cincinnati being in Ohio. All right, they reside in that TV market, but they lease. They don't own it. And same thing with, with them. The only reason that they brought them in was because of Notre Dame, that Notre Dame wanted Stanford. They wanted to continue to play them. And they should have told Notre Dame, hey, you're not even in our conference fully. You know, you kind of do your own thing. You don't tell us what to do. Yeah, well, you know, NBC's got a presence now in the Big Ten. They're going to have that Saturday night game, I think, now. And uh, uh, and then they have the whole streaming service with Peacock. Uh, and 
you, you know, for them, the expanded market works and the big and they can help sweeten the deal for the Big Ten. So it made good economic sense for the Big Ten. But yeah, Notre Dame is the one school. You know, when when I was growing up, uh, there were lots of independent schools. Miami was independent. Yeah. FSU was independent. Yeah. Uh, Conference affiliation wasn't as big a deal because the NCAA controlled all the TV rights. Notre Dame is the only true independent left for the most part nowadays uh, because they're the one school whose TV rights individually are worth more than anything they could get from a conference. They have that strong of a draw. Nobody else has that. Everybody else needs a conference. The The only thing now, Ronnie, though, is that only the small, only a small number of conferences, the Big Ten, the SEC— the Big 12, are lucrative enough for the, what these schools want and need to compete at the highest level. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And what I also see coming is that the schools that are going to be in charge of NIL at some point, I think. Oh, then there's that. <laughs> and they're going to have to be paying these guys, and you're going to end up having to negotiate with them. And, you know, the one thing, they'll, I think they'll end up dropping the charade of student-athlete I mean, that hasn't been a thing really for a long time. Nobody gets fired because you don't graduate guys. You graduate all 85 guys with a 4.0. They all become neurosurgeons. You win four games, you get fired. That's it. it. it there could be a time in the not-too-distant future when the uh, University of Florida Gators aren't University of Florida students. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a team that represents the University of Florida in some fashion, but they're made up of professional or semi-professional players. Yeah, precisely. I, I, that's exactly it. Is that well, good or bad? I, I, I think it's bad. <laughs> Probably is bad. I, I don't know. I mean, I it just I, destroys I the whole concept. But all right. Well, yeah. let's go ahead and take a break. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. And we're going to be back. We're going to have that sports quiz. $30 off your tab at Miller's Lakeland Ale House. This is Hall of Fame manager, Whitey Herzog, in the Ozone. The Ozone, Ronnie O, Coach Joe, in the Ozone. The Ozone is brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. And I know right now you want that $30 off your tab at Miller's Lakeland Ale House. Well, here you go. All right. Who was the Florida State University football coach immediately before Bobby Bowden? Was it A, Bill Peterson, B, Daryl Mudra, or C, Larry Jones? Give us a call, 682-1430. That's 682-1430. And we will send you out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House, located at 5650 South Florida Avenue. They're going to have all the bowl games. They've got everything you want to watch in the way of sports. And you can watch them on their 40 strategically located television sets and their drink and meal specials they have every night of the week will help that $30 go a long way. 682-1430. Right, you know, now is the best time to go to the Ale House. Uh, the, everything leading up to now has been sort of a warm-up. The, the bowl season really hit its stride today. We talked about the hurricanes earlier. There was also the game before that at Fenway Park. Uh, between Boston College and SMU. We talked about SMU a little bit. And right now, in Orlando at Camping World, less than an hour from here, I can't believe I'm not there for the Pop-Tarts Bowl, which 
how has this not been around before in my lifetime? Kansas State <laughs> I hope and the NC weather's State. a little better than it was for the Pinstripe Bowl and the Fenway Bowl because the, the weather was miserable, like 45 degrees and raining at both of those. Yeah, I think the weather's better in Orlando right now. It was raining earlier today, but I think it's stopped, and it seems like it's okay there. Uh, Alex has been watching the game. Uh, do we have a score on it? You know, I think it's still 19-21. They're on commercial right now. So but K- Kansas State had two touchdowns called back. Yikes. <laughs> the referees are always getting in the Both middle. Both ran of a fake punt, didn't they? Yeah, yes. I think so. Yeah, yeah. We saw the Kansas State fake punt who got a big first down on, their, on one of their touchdown drives. And then uh, North Carolina State actually went the distance on their fake punt. Yeah, they did. They did get a touchdown out of that one. It was like 53 yards. Yeah. Really cool looking. Snapped wow. it to the up back, and he took off running. So uh, college football is still a beautiful game, and we've been talking a lot about some of the stuff that's going on in the upper management reaches of it where things are, uh, aren't always pretty, are they, Ronnie? <laughs> no, they're not. And give us a call if you know the sports quiz answer, 682-1430 if you haven't won in the last six months. What we want to know is who was the Florida State football coach immediately before Bobby Bowden? Was it A, Bill Peterson, B, Daryl Mudra, or C, Larry Jones, 682-1430. There you go. Got about five minutes left in the show. And uh, on this date, back in 1992, Sal the Barber Magley passed away. He was a pitcher for the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Giants while they were all still in New York. He won the World Series in 1954, and I think he was the starting pitcher in that— he might have been the starting pitcher in that 51 Bobby Thompson game. I'm not sure if he was starting pitcher or not for the Giants. Sal Magley was a Dodger killer in his day, and then uh, yeah. then he joined the team. But you yeah, know, but by by then when he was really good was when he was doing a lot of harm uh, for them, usually for the Yankees or the Giants. Yeah, yeah. And on this date in 2021, John Madden passed away, Pro Football Hall of Fame coach, and uh, probably known more for his sports casting actually. And my favorite John Madden quote is, winning is the best deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> Madden was smart. You know, he, he, he coached for, uh, he was a head coach for about 10 years, very successful years with the Raiders. And then he, he realized that uh, it was killing him, the, the pressure of coaching. He was a very intense guy on the sidelines. And he found a great niche with his passion talking about the game. He was one of the really great color analysts. And uh, then he was smart enough to get involved with uh, video games back before they were what they are now. And uh, his EA Madden game has become the go-to game for NFL football video games. And it's uh, it, 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 he was ahead of his time in so many ways. He was. Yeah. He was yeah. an offensive lineman at San Luis Obispo. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he was afraid of flying. And so they had the bus, the Madden Cruiser that he drove to all the games because oh. he didn't like to fly. Yeah, he he was uh, – I, I loved listening to any game he broadcast because he put such a, a human element. He could explain the most technical stuff in the most understandable way with the proper amount of emotion involved, never overhyping it, never underplaying it. He made you feel like you were there. And what, and uh, it, it, the amount of knowledge I learned about the game, just listening to him. Is oh, yeah, yeah. Boom. Boom. Yeah, yeah, he was the first one that, that did that. He loved the telestrator. <laughs> he was, yeah. He he was the best at that. You know. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah. Really, really, really good. Really great. All right, give us a call if you haven't won in the last six months. 
682-1430. That's 682-1430. What we want to know is who was the FSU football coach immediately before Bobby Bowden? Here, we'll take one off. It wasn't Larry Jones. We'll tell you that. So you got a 50-50 chance. Was it Bill Peterson or Daryl Mudra? 682-1430. You can call us, and we'll send you out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House. You can eat and drink what you want and take $30 off your tab. Man, that's strong. Can't beat that. We're covering the Orange Bowl uh, on the station, aren't we? Uh, I don't I don't know. Eric, Maybe you, the Clarkster Eric, might know. Eric can check yeah, on that for us. He's got a caller on the line right it, now. The kickoff is at 4 o'clock Saturday, uh, FSU in Georgia. And uh, FSU is down 21 players, if I understand that correctly, including Tate Rodemaker, who yeah. went, entered the transfer portal? Yeah. Well, I think Rodemaker was a little bit upset with him because they've been looking at all these portal quarterbacks, and the right handwriting's on the wall for him, I think, in the fact that he he realized that, hey, they're bringing in somebody that they think is going to beat me out anyway, so I'm going to leave and go somewhere else. Well, that's interesting with the transfer portal because it began right after the regular season ended. So you have a lot of these teams in, in bowl games, such as the Hurricanes today, they went with their guy, Ja'Cory Brown, who hadn't played all season because Tyler Van Dyke transferred to Wisconsin since the end of the regular season. And uh, I think it was uh, one of the coaches who noted uh, that uh, college football is the only sport where the free agency period begins before the season ends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Susie, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you? Fantastic. You hungry and thirsty? Uh, always. All Don't right. you know That's... me by now? <laughs> no, no, there you go. That's what we wanted to hear. All right. Who was the Florida State football coach immediately before Bobby Bowden? I picked the Bill answer. No, you, you meant Daryl. I mean, darn it. <laughs> you, you meant Daryl Mudra. I know you did. And so, That's what I meant. I knew you did. So you are the winner. <laughs> if you'll hang on the line. Um, Eric will get your information and we'll send you out to the Ale House. We'll send it out there tonight. You can go out there as early as tomorrow for lunch and just tell them you won and Eric will explain it all to you. How about that? That sounds great. Thank you. Thanks for listening, Susie. You're welcome. I enjoyed it.